Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 668. Life is not a dress rehearsal. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Kellen Silverthorne. Hey, Kellen, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Great to have you here. Kellen Silverthorne is an automotive artist and sculptor who's been a car care obsessed person since the earliest memories. He's a collector of automotive fine art who's channeled his obsessions into stone sculpting. He is a painstakingly and physically laborious process where he creates automotive sculptures from a single block of the finest quality marbles available. Each piece of stone is hand-selected for its virtual kaleidoscope of natural colors and patterns, and after hours of intricate hand-finishing and painstaking inlays are interwoven with the latest in computer-aided milling robotics. Each of his works is a -a one-of-a-kind piece of art, from classic cars to muscle cars, sports cars to exotics. You'll end up with something to treasure for life. And I'll let the listeners know, I I met Kellen at Car Week in Monterey this past summer, and oh my gosh, the things that you create, Kellen, are absolutely spectacular. So we're going to have some fun today. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share just a little bit more about your artwork and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, great to uh, to meet you and all of your listeners. And uh, I'm very uh, inspired by everyone's passion. And that's certainly what drives me forward is uh, a lifelong passion for the automobile. Been manifest, I guess, in many ways through the years and have been manifest in stone sculpting for the last several years. And I get a lot of uh, satisfaction out of creating these sculptures and working with the marble and advancing my skill set in that direction. And I'm looking forward to speaking more about the sculpting and my enthusiasm for cars with uh, with Mark and the listeners. Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people look at artists with awe because they go, wow, I could never do that. And then you take it another step when you're sculpting out of stone because it just seems like something that, how do you do that? I mean, it's like, Michelangelo, how'd you do that? So 
I think it's going to be fun for you to share a little more about the process and about what the inspiration is behind it. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah or the uh, stone chisels chiseling in your world. So, Kellen, take the wheel. Um, There's, I guess, several that I try to go by. Uh, One is a South African friend of mine who uh, has a great quote is, life is not a dress rehearsal, which I heard first from him, but I've heard several, uh, several other places. And another one is uh, life is about experience, not things. And I certainly um, agree with that. Life is more about what you do rather than what you own. And um, I guess another one I like is you'll learn a lot more from your failures than from your successes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that first one, Life is Not a Dress Rehearsal, if I remember right, I think that was from an English novelist. Uh, Rose Tremaine originally said that. Now, maybe somebody shared that before then, but I, I love that one because it really touches on embrace life, live life to its fullest, do what you need to do. So how have you incorporated some of these quotes into what you're doing in your life? Well, that's a, a, a good one, I guess, is... Um I I love automobile racing and uh, appearance of crap can racing on the horizon five or six years ago has uh, given me the the means to start racing some of the uh, racetracks that I've always wanted to race. So uh, every year I try to do one or two, and I'm uh, I'm trying to put one together to fly across the country to uh, race at Road Atlanta next February. So, oh, cool. You know, we, we never know how long we'll be on this planet or if, if our physical faculties will be there. So uh, I keep trying to do one or two new tracks a year. Tell me a little bit. Of, now, you said crap can. Is that what you said? Well, I think that's that's the name for the genre of uh, lemons and chump car and lucky dog. I think there's probably five or six of these uh, crap can racing okay, yeah. across the country where the, the rules are to keep the cost of the car low. Yes. But the lap the laps you get to drive high and on some of the best tracks yeah. around the country. And so I, I would encourage uh, your uh, listeners to check that out. I usually go to these races in the, the drivers' meetings. They'll have a show of hands. How many people this is their first ever race? And it'll usually be about a quarter of the the drivers that are present. This is their first race. So it's uh, certainly a cost-effective and friendly way to uh, uh, to get onto racetracks. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know we're we're racing for trophies that are made out of wasted auto parts so uh <laughs> nice nice you know that reminds me of a an event i'm sure you've heard of the 24 hours of lemons instead of lamar and uh yeah is it kind of like that yeah that's one of uh i haven't raced uh lemons yet but i've raced uh chump car and lucky dog okay and uh there are several of these across the country and uh, the good thing is you don't have to show up with your own car you just find their forum and say you know i'm joe blow and i i'd like to race it the upcoming race at circuit of the Amer- americas for mm-hmm. instance and yeah. um 
you may get a, an email back. Yeah, we're a team based out of, I don't know, Louisiana, and we're looking for a driver at that race, and here's, here's the deal we offer. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I got to race Daytona. I got to race Daytona a couple of years ago that way, and uh, oh my gosh, that's a very neat track. I would recommend anyone who hasn't uh, yeah. been there to give that a go. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're having fun for sure. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. Would you share a story that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life and you realize that you were a car guy? Uh, yeah, it goes way back. I remember I must have been three or four getting. Uh, for Christmas, kind of a parking garage and service station kind of device. I don't know. It was probably about one thirtieth scale. And uh, I think my parents quickly figured out that anything to do with cars that would keep my attention. And <laughs> yeah. I, I was one of those kids that you know would always be asking my my dad, "What kind of car is that? What kind of car is that?" So I uh, I knew my cars pretty well by age four or five. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well, Kellen, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and have you share a a big pain point in your career, either a big challenge you faced or or even a big failure that you faced. And, of course, the most important part of this question has to do with what did it teach you so you could move forward. So take us to that time, kind of walk us through it. About eight years ago, I got um, quite into this Targa-style racing or the modern Targa-style racing, which is week-long uh, r- rallies on uh, tarmac so they each day they'll close maybe six or seven stretches of public road and you and your co-driver are trying to race through that that public road as quickly as you can there's no other traffic so um, it's sort of <laughs> what we'd all like to do every day but <laughs> sure. uh, so there's um there's target events in newfoundland in uh, New Zealand and Tasmania, and I, I got to run each of those, and I tried to get one going here in uh, British Columbia and uh, spent a lot of time and energy trying to get that accomplished and uh, ultimately had to come to the conclusion that uh, someone with more uh, diligence and deeper pockets than me would be required to, to get that done. Mm. So. I guess that was a, a tilting at windmills experience for me and uh, decided I wanted to direct my energies into places where I could be more certain that my inputs would have some output. Ah, I see. Is that your takeaway from, from that experience? Because I can't imagine what you go up against when you're dealing with public roads, public safeties, governments. I'm sure you walk into an office and say, I want to shut down a stretch of road and race cars on it. And they look at you and go, get out of here, buddy. You're crazy. <laughs> that's not well, happen. that's, I mean, we originally started out, we'd like to, you know, close these 30 stretches of road over this week. And we, you know, as we gradually, you know, hit all these barriers, then it, we eventually got to the place where we, you know, just as a test case, we want to close just this one stretch of road for an afternoon. Right. And even that was, um, kind of beyond capabilities. And it's interesting. We actually got the governments to all go along with it. Mm. What um, what ultimately scuppered it was uh, the motorsport organizations wouldn't, uh, wouldn't insure it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I see. Wow. Well, what an endeavor and uh, what a test of fortitude, that's for sure. 
But let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, I would had been living in a little town of Nelson, British Columbia, for 20-ish years, and it's a, a little art town, so it seems everybody ends up dabbling in art of some fashion, and I was uh, taking a metal casting course um, over a couple of semesters, and doing okay in that. One day, the professor said, oh, I've kind of mixed, mixed up my slides, so there's going to be some of my stone uh, stone sculpting work and some of my ice sculpting work uh, in here, as well as some of the metal casting stuff. And ah. uh, just, you know, seeing some of his stone work, I immediately went, okay, big change in direction coming. I'm getting <laughs> out of metal and, and into stone. So I'm uh, I'm still in touch with uh, that professor, and we... Uh, we share coffee whenever I'm back in Nelson, and yeah. uh, it, that got me started on uh, this stone sculpting journey. And being a diehard car fanatic, I've only ever sculpted stone cars. Yeah. Well, what was it about stone that turned your mindset away from from metal? Because it's interesting, cars are made from steel. Most of them. I know a lot of them are made yeah. from carbon fiber and things now, but all of a sudden, stone—that's a pretty dramatic shift. Yeah, I guess it was partly the experience of um working with metal is uh is difficult and uh usually people who are doing metal sculpting, you know, do a series of 6 or a series of 9 or a series of 15 or some limited production thing and it it always kind of rattled me that well there is really no original because the original is clay that you flush down the toilet eventually. Mm-hmm. So there's no original. The work is, I don't know, arguably dirtier and more dangerous. And um, most metal sculptors, after they've done the first one, they hate the thought of having to do more. But to make it <laughs> to make it cost effective, they kind of have to do more. Right. So uh, I guess those things, and also the the color palette that was available uh, to a stone sculptor is uh, far greater than. Uh, is available to a, a metal sculptor. So yeah. I, I guess just a few things uh, led to that change in direction. Absolutely. Well, how about proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that stands out for you? Well, I guess the, the same day that I met you down at um, at uh, Monterey Week, um, this gentleman came into the my booth and uh, started talking to me about the Ferrari FXX I had. And he was quizzing me up as, you know, who designed this car? And I said, well, I'm pretty sure it's this Okayama guy. I I think I'm saying that correctly, that designed the the Ferrari Enzo. And he said, nope, nope, he'd left by then. And and I took over the designing. And so I guess I got to meet, I got to meet Frank Stephenson, who I guess now (laughs) is the lead designer at McLaren. And we've stayed in touch a bit. Very interesting fellow, full of energy. Very cool. So that was, um, that was, uh, interesting to me to, uh, that my art led me to meet one of today's foremost designers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that must have been... Uh, it's kind of funny that he walked in and quizzed you like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Okuyama is the designer of the Enzo, and Ken was a, a guest here on Cars, yeah? And oh. maybe you got a chance to meet him this last time because he was down there. I, I did not, but I would oh. love to. Oh, yeah. He was there. He had a 
one of his uh, most recent design cars there at the Quail and at the Concorso Italiano event, and really, really interesting, yeah. cool guy. Yes, I remember seeing the cars at uh, Concorso Italiano. Yes. Yeah, really a fabulous car. And Ken just uh, recently bought his first Enzo, so he finally has an Enzo of the car he designed. So that's uh, pretty cool as well. But he was a great former guest here on Cars. Yeah, definitely a designer and artisan in his own right. Well, let's have a little bit of fun again and go back in time and talk about your first really special car. Is there a car that was really, really special to you? And maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. When I was uh, 19 or so, I, I got a, while I was going to university, I got a job at a, a sports car dealer. So I was uh, wheeling and dealing, you know, lots of cars and probably had 24 cars by the time I was 24 years old. But, and, and the guy I was working for, he was um, quite young as well, maybe two or three years older than me. So we sold a, a nice 911 to a gentleman who um, spun it off the road and we, he, the owner and I bought it back from the customer and were um, sorting out what to do with this car. And I, I kind of traded half of my share in this hit 911 for a uh, Renault Gordini R8 oh, wow. uh, race car, a race car. And so that was my first racing car and uh, got to run it at Mossport a couple of times. So I guess uh, I've had a couple other race cars since, but uh, uh, first race car... Uh, that car has special memories for me. Yeah, uh, most definitely. What was it that uh, you liked about that car? Because that's a pretty unique car. Uh, well, it was really loud. It had really <laughs> wide, <laughs> really wide fenders. So it uh, certainly had the GT. I guess we were in GT4 because it was a 1300 cc car. Uh-huh. Um, I was working at a, a hospital at the time, and, uh, and there was a big campus and. Uh, living on campus and so we would tune the car on the back roads of this hospital oh gosh until we until we would get in trouble for the noise so yeah all the poor patients sitting in their beds going what is that out there yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh well how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle you've let go that you wish you had back in your garage uh yeah i, I was interested thinking about that challenge and uh it, it's a 1954 Mercury panel truck with a oh, big wow. box she- with a big box Chevy and a turbo hydromatic 400 in it. It was a uh, candy apple red with black fenders and um, a finished interior. I-, I bought it mostly complete from another guy, and uh, my wife and I were moving a couple of uh, provinces over, and um, we were sitting at a, a red light. And we heard this screeching sound, and we had time to look at each other and kind of go, like, what is that sound as, as the guy smashed into us oh my gosh. from the back? And uh, I rode off both cars. Uh. Um, ours uh, was probably repairable, and I could have had it for 1800 bucks, but by that time I was uh, you know, living in a, a high-rise and uh, didn't have a shop, didn't have friends in this new town, so yeah. that... That truck went away, but it, just the fact that it's a Mercury panel truck or, or a Mercury truck and a Mercury panel truck makes yeah. it would have made it super rare to still be around. Yeah. Ah, so. uh, well, it's a tough way to lose a car. Somebody running into you—that's no fun at all. Well, I would love to talk a little bit about what's going on today and tomorrow, and maybe in the briefest way you can walk us through the process. I mean, you start with a block of marble and you end up with this beautiful model of an automobile. So maybe walk our listeners through that aren't familiar with sculpting the process of how you do this. Well, I, I first, you, I guess have to come up with a, 
a design that you'd like to spend a, a month of your time on. Mm-hmm. So it starts with, oh, I, you know, I really want to do this car. Um, so I, I mean, the current one I'm working on is a BMW M1 Pro Car race car from, oh, wow. I guess the late '70s. Those were, and so you know, you decide that's the car I want to do. And then you decide, okay, uh, what what color would that look good in, or should that be in just? you know, it's iconic to do this car in whatever color. So I, I am doing that car mostly in a, a stone from Bolivia called Sodalite, which is quite blue. Mm-hmm. But then also decided, okay, in the, the classic color scheme for that race car, there was often three wide bands of color kind of from the front left corner to the rear right corner. So kind of have to true mill each of those slabs so that you get nice sharp borders and straight borders between the slabs of stone. And once you have the kind of slabs of stone all milled and glued, then you take it to your your milling instrument and uh, uh, input your your design and have the the mill uh, approximate the shape of the car Mm -hmm. and then after that, then the the hand finishing begins to add the details like the the window frames and the the door cutouts and the um, uh, the rear wing headlight doors, the subtle nuances in uh, shape across the hood and whatnot. So this is a combination of modern technology. I mentioned it in your introduction. And then a lot of handwork and finish work in the end. It's really interesting to me that you're taking pieces of stone and cutting them, gluing them together, and then putting them in type of a, a milling machine or automated machine that kind of gets the shape going for you. So lots and lots of steps involved. Absolutely. And uh, there's very few of these milling machines that are purpose to stone sculpting. So it's uh, it's it's been a educational process to to learn how that all works and to collaborate with uh, usually artists mm-hmm. who are, are running these milling machines. Wow. Uh, so it, it's been a great collaboration. It sounds fantastic. Very, very cool. And I mentioned in the beginning also to the listeners, I got to see Kellen's work firsthand. And wow, uh, you stand there and you look at it and touch it and feel it and it, it kind of blows you away that this was once just a block of stone and then ended up this beautiful sculpture piece. And the way that the uh, the stone patterns come through the car really adds some interesting effects. So uh, fantastic. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Kellen, kind of an artistic question. If you were a car, what kind of car would you, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> what kind of car would you be and why? Uh, well, uh, I think the Avante 2 is uh, oh, wow. a good parallel. Um, okay. I think you're the first Avante 2 on the show here. What, <laughs> why the Avante 2? Uh, well, I think the uh, the first Avante, they were challenged by a number of things that were going on. They wanted to do a, a metal body, but then uh, couldn't and ended up, having to go to fiberglass fairly late in the stage and uh, the new Corvette uh, made the demand for the new Corvette bodies made it challenging to get their own bodies built by the fiberglass company they outsourced to. Uh-huh. 
Studebaker didn't so much go broke as just decide that they wanted to exit the automotive business to concentrate on other businesses they were in. And uh, from the, somewhat from the ashes of the uh, Avante 1 program rose the Avante 2 program, uh, which arguably built a, a better car with a better engine. And uh, I just love the pluck of the, the people that made the Avante 2 happen. Uh, it, I also find it interesting that the Avante 2s are valued less than the Avante 1s, which uh, hasn't always made sense to me because I, I, I kind of think the Avante 2 is the more interesting story and the better car. Well, it's a very unique car. I kind of thought I'd get something very unique as an answer from you on that question, but certainly very different, very unique, and uh, it has a look that is so different, especially at the, in the time uh, they really stood out. So great answer to that question. So, Kellen, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, Kellen, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Air-cooled Porsches make the best race cars. <laughs> ah, you're tugging on my heartstrings. I love Porsche 911s. They're great cars. So, yeah, very, I've never had the fun of racing one. I've, of course, taken many of mine on the track for lapping days and things like that. But, uh, yeah, they're a very special car. Now, how about a personal habit that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Perseverance. <laughs> yeah. Perseverance, tenacity, definitely something needed for a uh, entrepreneur, for sure. How about a resource? There's a lot of great ones these days, but is there one you'd like to share? 
Not so much a resource, just a uh, opportunity. I, I really think the listeners should uh, get out there and get on a racetrack, uh, racing with one of these crap can organizations, and uh, those with a bigger budget. Targa New Zealand is got to be the best automotive experience on the planet. Oh gosh, yeah, I've heard about that. That sounds fantastic. Something uh, to put on a bucket list for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently that you think the Cars Yeah listeners should crack open and read as well? Well, I'm actually writing a book that I'm hoping your listeners will, oh, no will read at some time, and it's going to be called Hot Cars from the Cold War. Oh, wow. Very cool. Is this a first book for you? It is. I've uh, written lots of magazine articles in the past, but this would be uh, my first book. Oh, wow. When will it be available? Date unknown. At least a year. <laughs> at least a year. All right. Well, you come back to me and let me know. I'll let the listeners know it's available, and we'll make sure we put links to how they can buy it on your uh, show notes page. But we'll look forward to that. Sounds like a, a great venture. I recently had uh, Tom Glatch on the show who wrote his very first book, uh, Cars Yeah. And uh, coming up here will be Donald Osborne, a returning guest who is uh, very well known in the car world. He's also on Jay Leno's Garage TV show, and he's written his first book as well. And uh, we'll be sharing that. So uh, kudos to you for taking on that adventure. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Kellen's show notes page at carsyad.com slash Kellen Silverthorne. And there's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books where eventually Kellen's book will be posted, but all the past 667 guests before Kellen's books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. Great resource for people who love books. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Kellen, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one collector car or collector race car in your garage, but money's no object. I'll buy you whatever you like. What would that vehicle be and why? Well, uh, friends and I always talk about what's car of the week. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. They, <laughs> so, we'll this, just this talk about change. this week. <laughs> this week's, yeah. yeah this, so week's. this week's would be a Ferrari 365 GTC. So, the uh, mm. sort of a fastback four-seater that was uh, built in the early 70s. Oh, my gosh. Well, a beautiful car. What do you like about that car? Why is that the car, the flavor of the week for you right now? Uh, I guess I've never owned a Ferrari, though I've gotten to drive a few. I think I like the uh, the front-engine ones and the ability to occasionally carry more than two people. Uh-huh. Sounds good. Uh, you know, the older cars just don't hold a candle to how the newer cars drive, so there's no real reason for me to have the the higher-performance two-seater one because you're not going to drive it like that. Right. So the, uh, how it looks and, um, and more of a grand touring car would, would fit in the longer term. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Beautiful car. Nice choice. You busted the budget here, so uh, I'm going to have to uh, get out the big checkbook to uh, find you <laughs> one of those cars the way prices of Ferraris have gone in the last few years. Nice car. I, I like the aspect, too, of a 2 plus 2 because most people, you know, want just the, the coupe version where there's uh, maybe room for a suitcase in the back. But nice to take your friends along when you're going for a country drive in that Ferrari, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, Kellen, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I really enjoyed learning more about you and your sculpting. Uh, fantastic. I want to thank you for sharing your artistic and automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Is there a little bit of parting piece of guidance you might offer us before you head off into the sunset in that 365 GTC Ferrari? 
And I was just touching on a few of the things we touched on. Life isn't a dress rehearsal, so get out there and check out Crap Can Racing and those with a bit bigger budget, check out Target New Zealand. I'd be flattered if you'd check out my, my sculpting. And uh, down the road, uh, my my upcoming book, Cars from the Cold War. I can't wait to get a copy. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Uh, the website, KellenSilverthornSculptures.com. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll make sure that that's posted on your Cars yeah show notes page with a link back to his site. I would encourage the listeners, really check out what Kellen is creating here. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful artwork. These are things that would be a lifetime purchase, uh, sit in your office, your home. Wonderful works of art that you're doing there, Kellen. I'm so glad that I uh, ran into you during Car Week. I'm glad I got to experience your artwork live and in person because it really is absolutely spectacular is the word I was looking for there. And again, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing all your experiences with me and with the listeners. Until we talk again or we're on that crap can racetrack together, I hope that happens someday. I'll see you down the road. Well, thank you, uh, Mark, and thank you to your listeners. Uh, it's always great to, to share the enthusiasm with other enthusiasts. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!